Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Boardroom Beat with Matrix HR, a podcast where we talk about topics relating to HR and business and things that are important for hiring leaders and managers to know to have a sustainable, inclusive, and progressive workforce. So I'm super excited to be having our guest, Amy Hutton, joining us today from Ethos and the Inclusive Hiring Hub. We're going to have a conversation about the importance of inclusivity in today's job market and other topics and facts that employers need to know about um, increasing inclusivity, trends in turnover, trends in um in retention and in in personal stories that she has to share about her work with the Inclusive Hiring Hub. We are uh, extremely honored that you would take the time to chat with us today. Hi, Amy. Hello. Thank you. And I'm grateful for this opportunity. And my name is Amy and, uh, you know, my pronouns are she, her. And I come to you also in Calgary, the home of the Blackfoot Nation and the Métis region of Alberta number three. So I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy, and thanks for that acknowledgement. I would love to just jump right into our questions. We have a lot to go over today. But uh, first of all, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what inclusion means to you. Mm, That's a really great question. Um, However, a bit about myself. So I have been working in the field of inclusion uh, for over 10 years. Most of my work was a frontline worker working with people who live with developmental disabilities, helping them find employment. And I networked and met with a lot of different employers and advocated the best I could to an employer to say, hey, so-and-so is amazing, and maybe we could consider hiring her. Um, And then as things evolved and whatnot, I now work for Ethos Career Management Group, or just Ethos. It is home base is Duncan, British Columbia and Nanaimo, British Columbia. There's a couple offices out there on the island. And my role with the Inclusive Employers Hiring Hub is an employer liaison. And I network and meet employers every day. And I talk to them about this amazing training that is federally funded and 100% free for employers to take. Um, to learn how to hire people with disabilities. The only catch there is, because I know your podcast is not just Alberta and British Columbia, it's across the country and probably other places as well. To take the training and to be certified, you need to be living in the province of, or having employees in the province of Alberta or British Columbia. And then you asked about inclusion. What does inclusion mean to me? That's another big, long question. Uh, big, long answer. <laughs> Um, inclusion means like a really number of things yet to narrow it down. I heard at a brilliant, uh, imagery story and it is that inclusion means yes, to have a seat at the table, but it also means to have a voice at that table and that voice is heard and acknowledged. Beautiful. I love that. And it's so true. You know, there's one thing to be afforded a spot at the table to be there and another to be seen and valued and um, seen as an equal at that table. So that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And it's great. We actually met um, when you were out uh, with Ethos uh, doing some networking at a recent job fair. So that was Mm -hmm. fantastic. We were able to um, connect when you were doing your networking. Yeah. 
For sure. Fantastic. Great. So um, you mentioned that you have been uh, working for many years with individuals that live with a disability. So would you be able to share with us what the four different types of disabilities are that employees employers should be aware of? Uh, for sure. So just to give a definition to what is a disability, a disability is a long-term or recurring physical, mental, sensory, psychiatric, or learning impairment that affects their day-to-day life. And the four different types is a parent. So that's somebody that you, you easily see. Example, they live in a wheelchair or a person who has Down syndrome. Um, those are the things that you can see that something's wrong with them. Like you can tell just by looking. Um, maybe they also are an uh, amputee. Like maybe they have a prosthetic uh, arm or a leg. Um, the second one is non-apparent. These aren't easily as noticed. Uh, these include, include mental health conditions like depression or chronic health conditions or Crohn's disease or persistent back pain. And then there's one that is called multi-barriered. And multi-barriered are for people who have more than one disability. For example, thinking of the, the participants or the clients I used to work with at a former workplace, I had a couple of people that, one for sure, that they lived in a power wheelchair. They live with cerebral palsy, and they also had a little bit of um, neurodiverse learnings and everything. They took a bit to learn and neurodiverse. And then the fourth category is neurodiversity, and this is the umbrella term for brains that interact with the world in uncommon or atypical ways. Neurodiverse conditions include autism, ADHD, dyslexia, and other cognitive differences. Wow, excellent! And if you if you know off the top of your head, um, is there a certain regulatory body that creates these definitions specifically for Alberta or for uh, Canada, or, or how does that actually work? That's just coming to my mind at the moment. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't, to be honest, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, it might be the government. It might be Alberta Health Services. It might be uh, also the British Columbia version of Alberta Health Services because uh, Ethos and the Inclusive Employers Hiring Hub, as I said, started in British Columbia and Mm -hmm. has come across into Alberta. So um, the governing body of the British Columbia Health Authority or whatever, whoever they're called, uh, they might have come up with these four classifications. Um, Okay. Excellent. That's really interesting to know because I think that there is a lapse in knowledge around this topic uh, with employers. And we've had these conversations across many different events about inclusivity when, where people may understand gender diverse individuals, um, you know, racial differences, all of those types of things. But I think disabilities is something that people are, are much less aware of, especially mm-hmm. of those different types and, and particularly the, the non-apparent or neurodiversity, not really yeah. seeing that as a disability. Um, oh, for sure. Workplace. Yeah, for sure. I had a client that was very high functioning, lived with a non-apparent disability and lived with ADHD. And I actually, a lot of time, will put non-apparent and neurodiversity in the same category mm-hmm. because this when one person I used to support, um, they you could not tell they lived with autism or ADHD until you started really talking to them. 
And I had a coworker of mine that came and sat down with my client and I and started talking to my client about, you know, employee things like peer, like he's my, he was my peer. He started talking to me about things. And I looked at him. I'm like, eh, eh. like this is so-and-so. And she's one of our newer clients at my place of work. And he was like, oh my gosh, like he had no idea. He couldn't tell. Absolutely. And I, I'm quite open about this, but I have ADHD and I live with ADHD and uh, people want to get the, guess that about myself unless you start to go into the nuances of that. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm glad to hear that there's representation there and that people can learn more about that at the Inclusive Hiring Hub. So mm-hmm. um, something I've heard you discuss um, in the past is that inclusivity is not only a good moral and ethical thing to do, but also good for business. What, what mm-hmm. do you mean by that? Yeah, it is so good for business. Like there's less turnover and then your team is stronger together and the overall they have a financial success. Um, people with disabilities provide diverse perspectives that are valuable when solving problems and undertake uh, undertaking projects. For example, there's a few statistics. Um, organizations which inclusive with inclusive cultures are twice as likely to meet or exceed financial targets, three times as likely to be high performing, six times more likely to be innovative and agile, and eight times more likely to achieve better business outcomes just because they've hired somebody that lives with a disability. Wow. This is fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's almost um, shocking to, to mm-hmm. hear how, um, how amazing these statistics are. Yeah. Yeah. Their turnover rate um, is, affects the businesses in direct and indirect ways. Um, you know, for example, it affects them directly because the replacement costs uh, due to ad- advertising positions and uh, conducting interviews, the severance pay, vacation payout, return of contributions, the training costs for turnover is really high. And then indirectly, um, retention and turnover rate indirectly affects because there's loss of productivity due to the gap that's left with the employee who leaves. There's less experienced staff and not as efficient staff burnout from taking on more work. Like, oh, so-and-so left. Okay, now, you know, Madison, you have to do your job plus their job now, and and we're not going to pay you anymore to do like two jobs in one. Um, and also another indirect thing is negative perception within the business community. Okay, can you tell me more about about that? Yeah, just the negative perception um, within the business community is um, a few different things come to mind. That um, maybe some businesses who are not as open to hiring people with disabilities may almost snub their noses at Mm -hmm. an employer who does. And they're thinking, well, that's not, you know, why are you doing that? That costs money. When in reality, it doesn't. A whole lot costs much more money, if anything at all. Same thing to hire somebody with a disability, depending on the what they need to accommodate with their work. Absolutely, we um, attended an excellent 
um, event in uh, September with the 5030 initiative from the Canadian government. I'm sure you're aware of it in your space. Yeah. Yeah. So basically um, trying to to reach gender um, and racial equity in the workplace. And um, they they presented also similar stats with um, employing in general, marginalized communities, um, a lot more benefit because they, yes, they connect with their communities, with their networks, um, increasing business and perspectives that you wouldn't have thought of, different types of educational backgrounds, a lot of things coming into play there, and different skill sets. So Mm -hmm. uh, we learned the same thing across um, several different uh, groups that are underrepresented currently so that's the, that's really interesting I'd love for you to yeah. go into the trends you've seen a little bit more with turnover and retention rates yeah so we just we kind of mentioned that already like the retention um oh here it is okay so another a couple another statistics 86 percent of people with disabilities have an average or above average attendance record. Wow. So for example, uh, I had a different person I supported at a different workplace who lived with Down syndrome, who worked at a job at a downtown office here in Calgary at oil and gas company. Um, And she cleaned their boardrooms and their kitchens twice a week. And she was hardly ever sick. Like, I don't think ever was she sick unless there was something really big happening. She was never sick. And um, employees with disabilities have lower turnover rates and lower rates of absenteeism. Um, It's just like they always show up for work. They're always happy. They're most of the time, um, you know, wanting to be at work and, and things like that. It's really cool. And absenteeism in the workplace costs the Canadian economy $7.4 billion. I believe it as an HR professional that um, it does high volume recruiting. Um, Yes, when people don't show up to work, it takes a lot of time, energy, a replacement. If you put in training into those individuals, PPE, it is Mm -hmm. a huge problem. I mean, this is an HR topic that we're always considering. How do we decrease turnover? How do we increase retention? Um, And it sounds like this is a group of individuals who is... um, ready to work and wanting to be engaged and wanting to show up and and be a part of the workforce. Mm -hmm. And they become part of the community at the workplace. Um, For example, this individual I was supporting, she, you know, ate lunch with the rest of the people there. Like she had her lunch in the lunchroom, in the kitchen that she just cleaned. But, you know, like she had lunch with everybody and um, was involved. And, you know, there's so many stories about this wonderful individual I used to support um thinking about uh salary um employers need to pay people with disabilities the same salary as everybody else of course um you know where i was working with this one individual um she was doing basic level like cleaning the kitchens and cleaning the you know the boardroom she was paid at least minimum wage she had to be paid that at least she did get a raise and while I was there, and I remember um, when she got this raise, um, she asked me to look at her pay stub because numbers she couldn't read. And I told her the amount. And, you know, it's 
to be honest, it wasn't that much money because only she only worked eight hours a week kind of a thing. Yet she looked at it and she looked up at me and said, oh, does this mean I'll have enough money to buy my roommate? She lived with a supportive roommate. Um, buy my roommate a pizza and a pop for <laughs> for dinner. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, yes. You'll be able to buy this pizza and a pop for your roommate. So the joy of the inclusion piece and everybody around her was happy. Um, one of the people who worked at this employment, this oil and gas company uh, for a while was actually her special Olympics swim coach. Wow. So it was cool to see that as well, that interaction. And that's another piece. I've, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about it, but you know, employers that are involved in the community, not just, hiring them like maybe you have a couple of people who volunteer with the special olympics or mm. or you're sponsoring an event or you know that just shows the community that oh you just you hire people but you also are involved somehow excellent well that would be great if uh you could talk about that right now um and we have other questions as well but you just brought it up and i think that's really important as you know matrix we do a lot of work in the community, um, specifically with First Nations individuals mm -hmm. and uh, newcomers and women's organizations. But mm -hmm. um, we're still, you know, broadening our uh, community relations as we're getting a bigger team and more more bandwidth. So what organizations could we could we be involved with to support individuals living with disabilities? If you have any oh, ideas off the top of your head. I do have a couple off the top of my head. <laughs> um, Fantastic. Yeah, well, the one that comes to mind right away I just mentioned is the Special Olympics. Um, I am I am a volunteer coach in the summertime with the Special Olympics. Um, last summer, I did athletics at a community level. And next summer, I am switching sports and volunteering with uh, bocce is another sport that they have. And um, so Special Olympics, Calgary, um, we have a obviously, but there's also, it's across the country and around the world. Um, Special Olympics World Games happened earlier this year. I want to say in England. I don't remember though where it was exactly, but they had all the countries come and, and have sport and connection. Uh, another one that comes to mind is my former workplace. It's called Vakova. Cool. And they have different um, charity things going on. I know in the September, they have like a fun run sort of thing like raising money um another one would be the cerebral palsy association um there's also an employer who actually just signed up for the inclusive employers hiring hub and we did a workshop for them this week they're called between friends between friends and they have a few different things that they do with their organization um yeah, the Rick Hansen Foundation is another. That's national, is Rick Hansen Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just there's plenty, plenty. Those are just a few that come off the top of my head, yet um, Google can be your friend. And uh, LinkedIn, events. LinkedIn, networking. events. Yeah, networking. Um, but yeah, the Special Olympics comes to mind right away because it, it was so fun coaching last summer, and I'm looking forward to it um, again. The... Um, national canadian special olympics winter games is actually happening in calgary in february wow that's that's fantastic we'll have to yeah. uh, keep an eye out for that is that an event where people go and they um, are able to watch the events and support 
both. So um, I know TC Energy is one of the big sponsors. Oh, fantastic. I'm pretty sure they're looking for more um, and volunteers and uh, yes. probably I, I would hope that people can go and just watch yeah. and, and cheer on the athletes because of the work they they do all year round. And yes. I think it's fun that Calgary gets to host. and so. That's very special. Yes. Um, and, and the Special Olympics, they support people of all ages, correct? They do. They, I, they do. I know they have a youth mm-hmm. section um, and they have the adult section um, and it's all ages. And as long as um, you qualify within the Special Olympics criteria, I don't remember that off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, then someone can be an athlete and uh, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty awesome organization. It's fantastic. Yes, in my community uh, where I grew up in a small town, we did have a small wing of it. And I had some friends that taught swimming and baseball and all of all of that. So it it was a joy to the community just to yeah. um, in an under-resourced place, you know, for people to have that community, that connection. And what I'm hearing and what is true when we are all getting into these inclusive spaces it's not just about hiring it's not just about saying you're going to do something it's about becoming immersed in the community and about really putting putting the effort into it sponsoring things showing up um, as an Mm -hmm. ally in these spaces oh for sure I know um, very recently a friend of mine who is seen as a sports celebrity here in Calgary um, Mm -hmm. Lisa Longball-Vluswig is her name her nickname is Longball because she's actually a Canadian long drive champion for golf. Wow. And um she posted on Facebook the other day that and LinkedIn that she was at a champions breakfast. And it was celebrities across the city of Calgary were paired up with a special Olympian and they had a breakfast to celebrate these athletes. Fantastic. Well, and it's just, it's fostering a sense of belonging, you know, which mm-hmm. is so important, both, like you said, having a seat at the table in the workplace, but also in, in culture, in sport, in community, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is beautiful. And I think uh, those are some great organizations for our listeners and mm-hmm. ourselves to look up and see if we have any capacity. We have a couple of sporty people in this office. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to look at it. <laughs> yes, that would be fantastic. Thanks for sharing. Um, I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about some positive success stories that you have encountered in your time working. I know Mm. that you touched on one um, already that really inspired you and and was really uh, a fantastic story. But do you have anything else to share with our listeners that would be, you know, valuable to hear? Yeah, there is another another one. I have many, but another one that comes to mind is uh, thinking of actually the young lady I spoke about earlier who you look at her and you could not tell she has a disability um this young lady through doing some job when i was her job coach at this at vacova we i would do some you know brainstorming and mind mapping and figuring out what she wants to do for work or even volunteering and um she told us that she really likes uh a she likes gardening and b she likes cooking and learning about cooking and stuff i was like okay so with the uh, volunteer, with the gardening, what I did was um, contacted for Calgary here in Calgary and was like, hey, do you have openings for volunteers for gardening? And um, 
they said, yeah. I'm like, cool. Can I bring my client? And this is, you know, I introduced who I am and what I do and where I work. And uh, would you be willing to talk to my client about potentially working, volunteering in your garden? And uh, the HR person said, the volunteer coordinator said, yep, for sure, we can do this, not a problem. And um, she ended up volunteering there in the garden for probably a good three years, I believe, that she was there every week in the summer and spring, you know, in the part of the fall gardening. And she, it was her place where I actually could take a step back and let her go and be in the garden and, and do the thing, like do the weeding, do the, the gardening. Um, so that was really wonderful to see because that was always the role as a job coach is the ability to be able to step back and um, do, let them do their thing. The same young lady um, with the cooking. So we did a bit of figuring out where does she want, where would she want to work? Like, do you want to work fast food or do you want to work something a bit more, a step up from fast food? And she said, yeah, a bit more up from fast food. I said, okay. So we looked at um, a few different places, um, the keg Montana's and I forget the third one and um, Montana's gave her a shot and let her be in the prep kitchen area. And so learning about knife skills, learning about prepping the food and, and being in that community and, and working. And um, the employer was, was quite pleased. So, and me as her job coach, I was always there just to make sure because some of the clients we supported had some behaviors that we had to kind of keep in check. And uh, that's what the job coach is there for, though. Um, a job coach is not an extra set of hands to do the job. That is something that we had to express a few times. It's like, I'm here now to support my individual to do the mail stuffing of envelopes. I'm not here to do it kind of thing. And some employers needed a few reminders <laughs> and some, some teaching on that because that's what they thought was, oh, you're an extra set of hands to help do X, Y, Z. Um, so yeah, that's just a couple of like uh, success stories. And another one that comes to mind that is related to um, working in ethos is before coming to the Inclusive Employers Hiring Hub, I was with a program called Ready to Rise, and that um, is still going on. I heard they got an extension, and it's to help women come back into the workforce who have some barriers. I had a participant in the program who, when she first came into the program, she was very shy, really quiet on camera, didn't really want to speak much. Um, she was going through some challenges, some life challenges, some really severe life challenges, actually. And through it all, she came to the meetings smiling and wanting to learn, wanting to do better. And towards the end of her time in the Ready to Rise program, um, through my connections, I was able to help her find a job that was something she wanted, which is, was something she wanted. It was remote and she can work anywhere in the province um, because it was a remote job in case her life situation got out of control again. And um, I, I see her now mostly once a month uh, with her new job because where she's working is another volunteer thing I do. I volunteer with the National um, Mental Health Inclusion Network, 
and she works for them now uh, doing admin type work remotely and she loves it. And she said to me recently, she's like, Amy, you're my fairy godmother. Like you help me through everything and you help me get this job. And she just, she can't be thankful enough um, that she got this job. So yeah, wonderful success stories. And it always makes me smile. And especially this last one, the lady, the participant from Ready to Rise, like she's kind of like our shining star example of the program. So Fantastic. And it's so nice to hear the positives and the success stories, because I, I find often when we talk about these topics, we hear a lot of what is what is going wrong, you know, mm-hmm. about the negatives that have happened. And um, as we know, like we, we have to move, move away from that. We need to see how we can move forward, step into the future with these things. So mm-hmm. it's fantastic to hear that. And it sounds like the big thing that um, changed these individuals lives was someone taking the chance mm-hmm. uh, an organization yeah. being willing to yeah provide provide that opportunity and take a chance with these individuals yeah for sure yeah which is which is you know what we're hoping to inspire out of this conversation with so. with with these examples and and the positive things that you've cited here that um when when people are given a chance and and not just people living with disabilities but other people you know young people and and other underrepresented communities you know what we work mm-hmm. with uh for example we're an employer of choice with women building futures and yeah. underrepresented in the trades women are underrepresented but um some of the hardest working people we have in our in our trades pool are are women you know and um, because someone gave them an opportunity to step into a market you know where they're underrepresented but highly needed Mm -hmm. so um that's that's fantastic so um obviously you have a lot of resources at at your fingertips from your many years of experience but also at your current position so what resources are available to employers, employees, um, the members of the public that want to know more about building inclusivity for themselves or for their businesses? And, and tell me more about the Inclusive Hiring Hub specifically. Yeah, I would love to tell you and your listeners about the Inclusive um, Employers Hiring Hub. Um, as I said, it uh, is a program through Ethos. And Ethos is based in uh, British Columbia. And however, it's across the whole province of British Columbia and Alberta. Um, we've recently come into Alberta. Uh, I found, it, found out in April this year that Alberta employers can sign up, register on the Inclusive Employers Hiring Hub and become certified. They didn't used to. And when I started a year ago in September, that was my first question. I'm like, why can't we make this? Why not? Like, what has to happen to make the Alberta employers be certified? Like, is there something we have to do? Um, So it took a little bit, I guess. And then they came back and said, yep, you know, it was in the spring. And my supervisor at the time was like, oh, yeah, Alberta can now be certified. So the Inclusive Employers Hiring Hub or the Hub helps employers hire persons with disabilities. Employers can access interactive web-based training and resources to learn how to hire and work with persons with disabilities 
and job seekers can view a job board with postings from employers who have completed the training. And it's really interesting. I know, Madison, you your company has signed up as an employer and, you know, the modules are good. There's lots of content in it. And, you know, you read a little bit and you take a little test and, you know, at the end of it, you come away with a toolkit of over 70 items that you can use at your disposal. One of them, which is really exciting for a lot of the employers is when completed and certified in the training, they get a certificate of completion that says that we are an inclusive employer that you can take to your next job fair that you're at in person or have on your LinkedIn profile or in your um, Indeed job board posting. The hub also has an internal job board where you, the certified employer, can post your jobs. And then you also get to look through the job seekers and you know look at their profiles and look at their resumes. And um, you know, employers are just like gobbling this up because, as I said earlier, it's federally funded and it's free. To post a job on the job board once you're certified is also free. There is no cost whatsoever to the employer in Alberta and British Columbia. It can also be a national organization. For example, um, one of our certified employers is the March of Dimes. And they, they have employees that live in British Columbia. That's where they took it. So Alberta, British Columbia, March of Dimes, they can be certified. Um, yeah, it's a really cool training. A lot of employers are liking it because it has the self-directed study piece. Mm -hmm. And then the other way we can teach is um, we can offer the employer uh, a webinar, which is a condensed version of the online training modules. And we can get through two modules in about an hour. And then after that one hour of time, plus the plus we have a quiz at the end that's gamified, it's kind of fun. Um, mm -hmm. The employer is certified and a lot of employers, excuse me, are liking this to use for um, like onboarding mm -hmm. for the first two modules. The first two modules speak is a lot of education around disabilities and why is it important. Um, module three and four are more for the, um, the HR departments or the hiring team or the people teams um, because it talks about the accommodation piece or a little bit more about diversity and acceptance and hiring and, and how to make that work. We also have a fifth module that is a bonus module, and it's all about peer support, peer mentoring. So maybe you'd have a new employee who lives with a disability that you know of. They don't have to disclose just let you know that uh, you know people who are job seeking if they live with disability they don't have to tell you they have a disability absolutely um, right so you maybe you've maybe you figure it out or maybe they have told you and you're like hey can I offer you a mentor and you ask somebody who's been around the block a few times at your place of work that you know maybe you can pair up with Sally our new coworker, your new peer and help them along um you know I wish I a different place of work. Like I wish I had a mentor, a peer mentor to help me because I was floundering in the new role I was in and there was no one, nowhere to get support. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So uh, what I'm hearing is this training could be 
valuable for any member of an organization from, you know, kind of uh, entry level workers, even to CEOs, to managers, to HR. So everyone can learn something here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like, it's an amazing uh, program. And, you know, I, I get questioned and like double questioned a bit. They're like, are you sure it's free? I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And understandably, you know, um, because uh, we, of course, it's it's excellent to invest your money and time. But if you're a very small organization that has very limited resources already, it can be difficult to, uh, you know, go to a long course that's, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars or go to a, a conference. It's, it's limiting for people of less economic means. So it's mm-hmm. also, you know, a, a sense of accessibility that it's open for people. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, totally open to people. Um, and as far as we know, um, it is available. Like it's evergreen. Like it's available to you once you get the certification. You have access to it. Um, right now, as far as we know, there is no like recertification or different things. There's a possibility down the road that we may add a sixth module, and of course, we'd let people know. Um, about what that is and we just kind of continuing and growing from there it's a great resource um yeah i think employers of all come all sizes it could also be good for um just for more of education so they can't become certified yet um if any people in alberta or british columbia who are working in a school um like a university or college level who has an hr class um this kind of came to light in the staff meeting today you know we can come and just do like the first module to your hr class just to have that that education piece that knowledge piece to let them learn um we can't certify them because they're students yet at least that knowledge piece to help them learn Absolutely. Well, we had talked about we had talked about lots of things on our previous call because we're super interested in um, being, you know, affiliated with this program. But um, I and Matrix, on behalf of Matrix, I do some uh, mentorship of mm. uh, women that are newcomers to Canada. You know, helping them integrate into Canadian culture, learn HR, do mock interviews, and um, as we discussed I'll probably go over that that first module with my uh, mentee because she's interested in HR in Alberta and mm-hmm. inclusion is extremely important to know about if you're working mm-hmm. in HR uh, I mean it's fundamental yeah oh for sure for sure it is so I, the other thing that you showed me um, when we had gone over the, um, the the hub and everything that was included was the yeah the job posting function and um, something that we uh, my my team lead Michelle and I had learned about when we went to this fifty thirty event is how um, job boards and job postings can really deter people from uh, less represented communities from. Uh, maybe applying because there's not enough information provided. They're not using inclusive language, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me more about uh, the job board, because I know there is a lot of functions there that yeah. give more information and, and kind of increase the inclusivity of that. Oh yeah, for sure. So to, as an employer to post a job on the job board, you do need to become certified. Mm-hmm. 
because um, a few people I've spoken with, they're like, oh, the job board's really cool. How do we, can we post on it? I'm like, yes, you can once you're certified. Yeah. So that's the catch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm looking at it right now and our job board at the beginning looks very similar to what you would see on Indeed. So it has the title, the short information, like the hour rate, um, if it's on-site, if it's off-site, if it's a part-time, where is it, you know, that sort of a thing. And then the whole job description is very similar to Indeed, what you would see, because it has what you're going to be doing, your schooling that you need, um, everything like that. And then after, it breaks everything more down. And this is, I think, Madison, what you were speaking to. So the first section talks about the job type and the location. So you with the employer gets to say, is it part-time or is it full-time? Where is it located? Um, is it various locations? Is it on-site? Is it remote? The second section is all about the schedule. So um, the one I'm looking at here has a range between two to 30 hours per week. The schedule says it's varied. Um, the sh- schedule also says that it's shift work that starts could go from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. or 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. or a combination of both. Uh, the third section is about compensation. And now compensation is really important for individuals, job seekers who were on AISH here mm-hmm. in Alberta or PWD in Alberta. Because it tells you, it breaks it down three different ways. It tells you, example, if you're working two hours a week, your approximately monthly income is this much. The hourly rate, though, between two to 30 hours per week is this much. And then it says, uh, the next bracket says 30 hours per week. So approximately your monthly income will be this. Because people on H or PWD can only make a certain amount of money before that H money gets started to be taken away. So for any of our listeners that don't know, what is AISH? Mm. AISH stands for Assisted Income for the Severely Handicapped. And PWD in British Columbia, I believe, stands for Persons with Disabilities. Okay. So it's yeah. very essential information for, for people to know to be able to keep that, that funding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it explains that on the job board. Um, And then the next section after that is benefits. So you, the employer, gets to say, do you have medical, dental, drug coverage, a retirement plan, life insurance, and disability insurance? You get to, like, click which ones you have and maybe give a bit of description if needed. Mm -hmm. And then the last section, and this is the part where I think most employers get really excited, it's you get to list what the accessibility is. So this section outlines the job's required capabilities. So there are one, two, five, six, seven. There's 10 different areas. Um, So for example, is there any lifting involved? This one says up to 10 pounds. Um, Is there a digital literacy needed? Is there repetitive tasks that's going to happen? Um, Is the workplace noise level? Because maybe some people who are a job seeker, they need to have a quieter, work environment um is the team size big or small this one says this job posting i'm reading says up to 10 peers are part of this team and then the last one uh, to highlight is about breaks and flexibility um, to let some employers know so you may have a job seeker or an employee right now in your workplace 
that for whatever the reason, physical limitation or what have you, they can't actually take a full hour lunch break or a full half hour lunch break. They need to break it up. So is your break, can they be flexible? So then say, for example, a person, instead of taking a full hour lunch break, um, can they take four 15 minute breaks throughout their day um, and different things like that? So that's what our job board looks like. And it's very nicely laid out. And as I said, employers are really excited when they, when I show them it. Yeah, that what that is what piqued my interest when we we're having this conversation because these are really important things for us as recruiters to consider, especially if we're not a person living with a disability, to to think about these considerations that uh, individuals might be thinking of when they're when they're looking for a job. And I would also think that doing the certification program, getting certified, having that on your LinkedIn or somewhere where they can see that to to show people that we are committed to inclusion, we understand what it is, we understand what we need to do to accommodate individuals would probably increase your likelihood of diverse people applying for your jobs. Yeah. Oh, I would totally agree to that. Yes. Um, We're doing our best to also encourage job seekers to use our job board. And again, it's just building that up um, because as I said earlier, Alberta only really became allowed to be certified in like March or April. So now we're working with participants who come through our other programs like Ready to Rise or Skills Quest for Success to say, hey, we have this platform that you can use to like put your resume on. And then we tell them that all the employers that post on this job board have taken our training and are inclusive employers. Absolutely. And, and and there's there's so much to consider, you know, <laughs> we talk about it. Uh, and I, I'm, like I said, I'm open with uh, being a woman living with ADHD. And um, some of my coworkers will joke that sometimes they have no clue that I'm even here, because I've just been in my office, it has to be quiet. If like you said, if there's a level of noise, that is a severely distracting, that can become distressing, you lose your focus, you can't, you know, perform, you can become overstimulated, all of those things, you know, and <laughs> If I were to see applying for a job that they said oh, it's a very loud environment, that gives me information to know how to to move forward, you know. And luckily here at Matrix, I have my uh, lovely own office and you know a respectful space, and it's mm-hmm. it's wonderful. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I you know I'm lucky um, with Ethos. Many of the my coworkers and fellow employees. Uh, we're spread across the province and also in British Columbia. So many of us work remote, yes. uh, which is very helpful too. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's different work environments and all that jazz. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for giving us a bit of a lowdown. And obviously when we post, we can uh, include some links and, and make mm-hmm. sure that it's also shareable for you and, and share that to our wide audience on social media and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else? You know, I know that we're approaching the end of our conversation. So is there anything else you think is really important to state about inclusion or, or something to, to wrap up this conversation? It's been very educational. Yeah, um, there's a couple of things that are coming to mind. And it has to do with the number of individuals, there it is, the number of individuals that could be looking for work and the job postings. What I have in front of me is a statistic, and it is based in British Columbia, part of it. 
This said, though, in 2017, a survey by Statistics Canada says that 645,000 working age people with disabilities in Canada are unemployed. Wow. So it's a very much untapped market. Yeah. And then the other piece I want to leave your listeners with, this is about British Columbia in particular, though, um, but, you know, play with it for the whole country, is with a forecast of 903,000 job openings in British Columbia between 2018 and 2028, British Columbians with a disabilities are an important and largely untapped talent pool. And I'm guessing in different provinces across the country and the territories, that number is going to probably be similar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we are going into a time, and this is a topic we've talked about here before, where there are labor shortages, when we're seeing huge uh, discrepancies with, with talent, with being able to access as many individuals as we may need. So mm-hmm. it's just another area. And, and obviously we want to do this because, you know, it's the right, the right thing to do. But as you've said, also there are huge uh, benefits to being an inclusive employer if, mm-hmm. you know, that is the kind of strategic mindset you're going into it with. Um, sure. Of course, you know, at Matrix, it's, it's one of our core values as, as people, as humans. So it's why we want to do it. But it's good to know as well that um, there's also this net positive for the business for individuals for communities um and i think that's that's fantastic and they are sobering numbers but hopefully with these types of um with these types of programs accessibilities trainings job boards we can you know reach reach these individuals very much so i hope so and just thank you for having me on your show um you said you'll post the the link to the inclusive employers hiring hub and you can share my email as well um in the what's it, the uh, notes, the show notes, yeah, the description um, about all that. And uh, yeah, if employers have questions, they can reach out. Absolutely. Yes. And, and we're looking forward to becoming certified soon um, and, and educating ourselves further. And I want to, yes, thank you for your time, for taking a time out of a very busy schedule, supporting individuals to, to have this chat with us. It's been um, very educational and very helpful. And I hope that um, you get some more engagement from our audience. And um, to our audience, thank you so much for uh, tapping in once again. We'll be talking to you about another HR, business, um, diversity topic in the coming weeks and uh, please listen wherever you can access your favorite podcast thank you everyone awesome thank you so much amy i'm sure we'll be in touch